Well, good morning. Uh, once again, welcome to Rise Church. My name is Jason. I'm the executive pastor here at Rise Church. I want to welcome any of those of you who are guests. You're with, with us maybe for the first time. As our pastor always says, try us three times. Come back three times. You'll be able to hear him uh, next week. And so we always encourage you uh, to try it out for three times to see if this might be the home for you. And so we are wrapping up a series today called Best Summer Ever. We've had some uh, great messages in that. And what I love about summer is summer is a time of kind of new beginnings. It's, it's a time of transitions. You know, I have a daughter who's transitioning into college, uh, you know, finished up high school. She's going into college. Uh, th- th- these are the times that we think about that. I think as a kid, you know, the first things that I had the first time I, I learned how to swim was in the summer. Uh, I remember the first roller coaster I rode was in the summer. It, it, I, 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 you know, and the reason I rode the roller coaster is because um, there was a, a girl. Yeah, you know, and I, I wanted to ride uh, with the girls. Um, they had no one to ride with, and so you know, I, I'm gonna go with the girls and ride the roller coaster uh, there at Six Flags Over Texas. That's where I rode my first roller coaster uh, as a kid, and uh, you know, I remember my first kiss, which was also attached to the first roller coaster ride uh, that I, that I ever had, and so. Uh, Summer is a time of first, it's a time of transitions. It's a time when people change jobs, change schools, things change, one thing ends, one season ends, one begins. And so uh, when I think about transitions, what I think about is it takes courage. I remember changing schools, moving with my dad as a kid, uh, that it took courage to start all over. It takes courage to start a new thing. It takes courage to stop one thing and to go on to the next thing. And we love a good story of courage. And one of my favorites from scripture is the story of Joshua and the courage that he had uh, facing uh, some big things. And uh, in Joshua, his, his name in the scripture actually means that God saves. It's actually uh, very similar to the name Jesus and that he was pointing forward to the work of the cross and what God would do. And his name means God saved. And so he was just a young man when, when, when the leader of God's people named Moses kind of started to bring him along. You kind of see Joshua coming alongside Moses, and he's there, uh, you know, fighting battles for Moses. He's there uh, alongside Moses. One of the things that we see is that when Moses went up to meet with God on the mountain, Joshua would come alongside him. He would come up the mountain further than anyone else went. We don't know that he was actually there when, when Moses spoke to God, but if you read in the Scripture in context, you see that he actually came up further than anyone else. When Moses got the Ten Commandments, Joshua was just right above everywhere all the other leaders came up the mountain. So he was, he was with Moses a lot. And uh, at one point, Moses gave him and, and 11 other guys a duty. And he said, hey, here's what we're going to do. God's called us to go to this land. We're leaving Egypt, which is where we've been in bondage and slavery for, for years. We're now called out of that. Let's go spy the land that God's called us to. So he picks 12 spies. They go out. Uh, this guy named Joshua uh, and Caleb, they're, they're together, th- those two guys. And all the other spies come back and they say this, hey, there's giants in the land, there's armies in the land, we can't do this. I know that God has promised this, that, but it, we can't do that. We've seen some opposition there. It's very scary. And Joshua and Caleb come back and they're like, what? What do, what do you mean, scary? Like, no, we can do this. God promises we can do it. We can go take the land. Uh, the 10 guys outvote the two guys. They go to the other people, and they get them so worried because they saw that opposition. And, you know, in times in our life, we can be so full of courage, so full of like, yeah, we can do it right up until the point we see 
those giants face to face. Right up until the point we see that thing that scares us in our life, that thing we're afraid of. And I remember... I've been a pastor for years, and, 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 and one of the, 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 the main way I got into ministry is, is I served with working in our kids' ministry. And I was a kids' pastor, and I was a kids' pastor uh, at a church just outside Detroit. And uh, I had this idea, we need to raise money for water wells in, in, in third world countries. I'm going to help to raise this money. And so what I want to do is I'm going to see if the kids can, can bring in $500. And I thought, there's no way they can do that. There's like no way. So I'm going to motivate them. I told them that if, I, if you guys bring in $500 for this water well, I will get a mohawk, cut hair, you know, not, not, not a faux hawk, like a real cut, shaved hair, mohawk, and I'll color it whatever color you want. We vote for pink, you know. <laughs> And I didn't ask my wife if this was a good idea or anything like before that because I thought, like, they're not going to do it. Well, they did it. They did it. And I think I have a picture of that here. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a pink mohawk. You can't hardly tell because it's purple behind there. And uh, that was me after I was terrified uh, and got the mohawk. And, I, and, and not only that, I had to wear it for a week. So everywhere I went, I said, I can't just wear it to church. I got to wear it for a week. Are you guys going to end? They got it. They, they record time got it out there. So I'm going to the gym with the mohawk. I can, you know, I'm walking around uh, up there. They didn't. They they had Walmart, but they had Myers as a store there. They went. I'm going everywhere, going to the store. And uh, one day I'm going out to eat, and I got my mohawk. And and you know, in that day I like I had like a, a a leather racing like motorcycle racing jacket. I had that on. Had some ripped jeans and shoes. And so like. I'm pulling up, and it's like one of those terribly designed parking lots where there's like way too many, you know, restaurants in one shopping center. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and I'm coming around, and this lady pulls out around, or actually the guy was driving, the lady was in the car, and I'm waiting on this spot to come open. The person's backing out. I, I, they don't even see me because they come from the opposite direction, but I'm there waiting to get into the spot, right? And so when the person backs out, I pull in there. Well, this lady thought, I jumped in front of her, though they didn't even see me there. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's, that's fine. You know, she starts yelling. Well, you know, I'm driving like, because I'm a dad of four kids, and I'm like driving like a, you know, Focus wagon, Ford Focus wagon. You know, I don't, that ain't nobody scary getting out of Ford Focus wagon, usually, usually. And so this lady was very brave, and this lady had like one of those auras about her, like, I want to speak to your manager. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, like, I want to speak to your manager, you know, and it's like, she pulls up, she rolls down her window, and she starts yelling, and cussing at me and everything and whatever, but then I get out of the car with the mohawk, and it's pink, purpley, and a jacket, and you know, and all that, and all of a sudden, her eyes get real big, and she rolled up her window, and she went like this to her husband, and she's like, well, never mind, you can have the spot, and I was, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a Christian, I'll, like, I'll even back out of the spot, I'll find another spot, it's fine, it doesn't bother me. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm too easy going with that. But that lady was very brave until she came face to face with her opponent. Uh, very, very brave. And I wasn't even trying to be scary. I know sometimes I can be scary, but I don't know how scary I was. But I had a mohawk. And so the same thing is happening with God's people. They're very, very brave until they meet the opposition. They see it face to face. They're like, at this point, they're like, hey, can we go back to Egypt? Is it too late for... For us to go back and the people get wild up, they're like, hey, let's kill off our leader. Let's vote off and let's vote him. Let's vote in somebody else. Let's pick somebody else to be a leader. Like, we don't like this leader. Let's pick someone else. We don't like Moses anymore. He brought us here to die. What's going on? 
And God gives them a chance to kind of, hey, let's make it right. You know, Joshua, Caleb, they're like, hey, hey, no, 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 we can do this. They're like, no, we can't do this. We won't go back. And finally, God says, that's it. If, if, that, if you're going to surrender to your fear, this generation, I'm going to make y'all march around for 40 years in the wilderness until all of this generation dies off. Wow. God's like, I want to bring you to this promise. I'm trying to transition you from this living to that living. They called it the land of milk and honey. Like, this is amazing land, milk and honey. I mean, it's ama- they, they, even the 10 who were negative said it's exactly what God promised. But there's some opposition to that. So they march around. They're right there at the land. They're right there. They're right there. They could send spies in. They're right there. But God has to march them around in a circle. If you look on a, if you, if you go through Bible aid maps, you can look and see they marched around in a circle and camped out until God allowed all that whole generation that would not take the land to die off. And I think about that in my life. That's scary. Like, I don't want to be in the way of what God is trying to do to where God's like, well, you know what? I want to do something, but I'm going to have to march some people around so I can get rid of Jason to get him out of the way. I'm like, no, Lord. That is my prayer for me, and I pray that that's your prayer, like that I would not be in God's way. And so Moses, is, he's got the people, finally, you fast forward 40 years. This is 40 years in the future. There's a lot of things that happen in there. God gives the law. He gives some different things that happen. And Moses is getting the final word from God on what, what to do as he transitions from him being the leader to Joshua being the leader. And we pick up here in Deuteronomy 31.6. And God speak, this is God speaking to, to Moses. He said, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And we continue on here, verse 7. Then Moses called for Joshua. So God gave this message to Moses. And then he calls, Moses says in front of everybody, he says he called for Joshua and all, as all of Israel watched. So everybody's watching. And Moses calls him up and he says, be strong and courageous. Everyone say, be strong and courageous. And he tells them why. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. And continuing in verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. You see this encouragement happening is that Moses is encouraging Joshua in front of everyone right there. You need people in your life who will encourage you to do what God has called you to do, who will speak life into you. Often we surround ourselves with the wrong people who are discouraging the thing that God has put in us. We need people in our life who believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. This is what I love about Pastor Aaron, and I don't just say this to, like, there's often times where he'll be talking to people about me, and I'm like, who is he talking about? i got to figure that out. I want to meet that person, because that, that's a, that guy sounds amazing. I want to be his friend. But he's, he's speaking life and encouragement into my life. He believes in me. He's calling me to higher things. And so before Joshua heard directly from God, you know who he heard from? His leader, Moses. 
We need people who are influencing us in our life, who are encouraging us to do what God. And, and, and here's what I've noticed is often God will speak to me in leaders and pastors and mentors' voices in my life, more so than he does directly. It's amazing. And so we fast forward a little bit, and Moses dies. He doesn't get to go to the promised land. He disobeyed God in a couple things, and he couldn't go. That was his punishment. And so we pick up in Joshua. We see the story happening here. And in Joshua uh, 1.6, we see God repeating himself. God speaking directly to Joshua. Now, first he spoke through Moses. Now he's speaking directly to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. This is God. Now, Moses is dead. This is what he says. Verse 7, be strong. And he just adds a very in there. And very courageous. He repeats himself. And then in verse 9, again, this is my command. Hey, are you with me, Joshua? Are you with me? Are you with me? He repeats himself three times. Be strong. This is, he goes, this isn't just my suggestion. I'm not just trying to like, hey, maybe you should try to. No, 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 no. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. God repeats himself three times. That's why we call him God the Father, because if you're a dad, you know you have to repeat yourself to your kids multiple times. So you're in good company, dads, if you have to repeat yourself to your kids. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. And then I love what happens here. If we, if we move on to verse 18, here's what the people say. Now, they've all witnessed what God said to Moses in and then Moses says to Joshua in front of all the people, and now Moses is dead. Joshua is coronated as the leader, the prophet of God, the, the man of God, the leader. And here's what they say. This is the people speaking. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. Whoa, whoa, y'all a little extreme. That's a little extreme, guys. Like, God didn't say all that. He didn't say all that. But the people, here's, here's the context to that, y'all. You're missing the context. They just watched their mom and dad die because they were so full of doubt and unbelief. Come on. Y'all see what's happening here? They just watched a whole generation die off when they were like, we're right at the finish line. Why can't we go where God promised? Because we're so full of doubt, we're so full of fear, we're so full of unbelief that God had to wipe out our, 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 our predecessors. They're like, we ain't about to have that happen to us. No, 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 no. We've been marching around for 40 years. We ain't marching around anymore. We're done with that. So they're like, we'll put that to death. We put that spirit to No, we're going to put that to death. He's, so they repeat, so be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I love that. You see this order that Joshua gets the affirmation. He gets it from his leader. He gets it from God directly. He gets it, again, from the people. You need to surround yourself with people who will you affirm what God has spoken into your life, who will encourage you to do what God's called you to do, that you'll hear God's voice through their life. And so we see that courage and this transition comes from God. So let's break it down. Let's break it down to how can we practically put and learn from Joshua's story. Where do we find our courage for what God's calling us to do? Where do we find our courage to face the giants of life? Because we're all facing something at some point. Let's do three, three, three things that I see uh, really clearly here in Scripture. Is number one, 
Have courage because you were chosen. You were chosen. You were chosen. Joshua was chosen by God. God picked him out. He chose him. And we see that here in Joshua where he says, Be strong and courageous for you are the one. You're the one who will lead these people. He spoke. God chose him. He said, you're the one that I've chosen to do this. You're the chosen one. Everyone say, you're the one. And you say, well, that's great, Pastor Jason. He was chosen for that, but I'm not sure that God's chosen me for anything. He did. Because in 1 Peter, we see where he chose us. When at the cross, Jesus chose us. He says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen People, you're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's own possession. In other words, God chose you. The, the work of the cross was God's proof that he chose you. He chose you. What did he choose me for? Whatever giant that you're facing right now in your life. Whatever that you, obstacle that you find yourself up against, that's what God has chosen you for. Often we think like, well, I want to pray away whatever's in my way. Well, God is looking for you to challenge that thing and to realize that he's with you. That God the Father chose us when he sent Jesus. That we see really in these three things that I'm going to break down for you, we see the Trinity revealed. The, the, the Godhead. We see the Father choosing us. Part two, the second thing we see this is we see that Joshua found courage in God's word and we can find courage in God's word. Joshua 1, 7 through 8, let's going to break this down. We're going to go back into this deeper. He says, be strong and very courageous. We read that part. Be careful. Everyone say, be careful. He tells them, be careful to what? Obey. All the instructions Moses gave you. I think that's interesting. The first thing he starts with is obey. I love what Pastor Aaron said a couple weeks ago. It's not the word you know that matters. It's the word you do that matters. It's not how much Bible you know. It's how much Bible you do that matters. He says, obey. He says, obey all the instructions Moses gave you. And he says, do not deviate. Let me just tell you, that's another word for obey. He's repeating himself again. He said, don't even try to get off that track. Don't tr stick to it. Stick to it. Turning either to the left or the right. He's or left, right, left. Don't go anywhere but that. He says, then you'll be successful in everything you do. We continue on here. Here is this word study. Everyone say study. He says, study, study, study this book of instruction continually. Find out what it says. Study it. Get in it. Start to know it. Dig into it. Then this is the word meditate. Everyone say meditate. Meditate on it. Day and night. Now, when we think of the word meditate, what do we think of? Easter meditation, right? Sitting cross-legged. Empty yourself. Empty your mind. And most of us are like, yeah, we're there. Guys, especially. We're there. I'm empty mind. But that's not what the Bible is talking about here. This word meditate in the Hebrew really means to fill yourself up with. To fill yourself with God's word. To murmur it. Ponder it. Say it. Speak it over and over. Pray it. Read it. Just be filled with thinking. Processing it. Talking it out. It's, it's, it's even this word, the root word, is, is the same as when a lion is growling over its prey that it's about to eat. You know what's about to happen? You know, have you ever seen a lion eat? They're not like, let me hold my pinky up. 
Use the napkin. I'm sorry, that's a salad fork. That's, pass me the zebra fork. No, they devour that thing. Like, there's no manners. It's like if somebody gets between them and their prey, they're like, oh, you about to get bit. You're about to, no, this is mine. I'm devouring it. That's how we need to pursue God's word in our life. No, 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 no. Ain't nobody getting between me and God's word and his promises for me. Uh-uh. I'm growling. You see, when they growl, they're letting you know, like, this is mine. This is mine. I'm grabbing a hold of this. And that's what we need to do. Follow God's word. Fill ourselves with God's word with such a passion, like a lion eating its prey. He says, day and night. He says, and again, be sure to obey everything. He says, let me just repeat it again for the third time. Will you obey everything written in it? Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. That's a good word right there. Prosper and succeed in all you do. I love the breakdown of what we need to do with God's word. So we see we're, we're chosen because of what the Father did. And we understand this when it comes to the word. We see Jesus revealed in the word. In fact, the, the, the disciple John, who, 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 who Jesus loved, he talks about this. And John, he says, the word became flesh. That Jesus was the manifestation of God's word on the earth. Full of power. Full of faith. Full of joy, full of doing God's will because he was full of God's word. We see Jesus, the will of God, revealed in his word. And that's why we must fill ourselves up with it to obey it and to do it. And thirdly, we have courage because God is with us. God is with you. Have courage because God is with you. And in Joshua, he, he breaks it down again. Uh, in Joshua 1, 9. This is my command. He gives them a command. Be strong and courageous. We saw that. Here's how you can be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, okay? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a great promise. What a great promise God was giving to Joshua. And here, Joshua was years before the cross would happen where Jesus would come and make the ultimate sacrifice. And in fact, Jesus says this in John 14 before he leaves the earth. He says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. He's like, you like having me here, God among you, Emmanuel, God with us. He says, but I'm going to send another advocate who will never leave you. And he talks about it in John 14. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So we see the Father choosing. We see the Son revealed through the Word. We see the Spirit abiding. That we can have courage because we understand God. That when we lack courage to face that thing that God's called put in our life, we don't understand God. We don't understand that He's the Father. We don't understand the work, the finished work of the cross. We don't understand the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Bible calls Him the encourager, the comforter, the aid, the guide, the strengthener. He is God's fulfillment of promise, the Holy Spirit is. And so when we look at, this is what Joshua is told. Joshua starts to put this into practice. And he, and he leads the people into the land. And they go into the land. And, and, and they, they face walled cities like Jericho. Where the walls were so thick that they, they, it was considered at that day impossible to break in. It's impossible to defeat this city. They go in. 
and God just causes the walls to crumble, and you know they march around and they follow God's plan. They just they understand God's with them. They understand uh, what His promises in His Word that He promised this land to them. They understand that 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 God chose them and, and, and put them in this place to take that city. They start fighting army after army. They you know they they seven kings come against them. They're outnumbered, and they start winning. Joshua, the greatest, one of the greatest military commanders of all time, if you study what, what happened there. Starts winning. Fast forward, they kind of conquer the land, and him and Caleb are older dudes now because they're the only two people in their generation who survived. So they're the elder statesmen of the country. And they're like, hey, where do you want to live? And Caleb's like, hey, man, you know, remember how we were talking about giants 40 years ago? Hey, there's a one area where there's still some up on that mountain. And I would like <laughs> to go up there and take, that would be my land. Can that be mine? Like, well, wait a minute, well, we can get you something easier. He's like, no, 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 no. They live up there. I'm going to go after them. I've been waiting for 40 years to face that thing. I've been waiting for 40 years to face those giants. And when we understand what is God calling us to do, we understand he chose us. We understand his promises. We understand he's with us. Do we understand what he is calling us to do? What transition are you at in life? What giant are you facing? What promise are you standing just on the other side of, but you've got to face something to get through there? Are you going to let fear keep you from what God has promised you? Are you going to let fear keep you out of transitioning from this thing to that thing? A couple years ago, I got a call from my brother, and he's like, hey, our, uh, our dad, is, he's, he's dying. And I hadn't seen my dad, my biological dad, for 28 years at that point. I was 40 years old. I hadn't seen him for 28 years. And so... He hadn't been in my life, you know, no calls, no, no child support, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. And so, okay, you know, I'm like 40, so it's like, you know, it, it's, it's too late for that, man. I don't, you know, like my stepdad adopted us. He was a loving man, Christian man, good. It was, it was good. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I should go. He's like 15 minutes away. I guess I should go. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, okay. Thinking like, you know, hey, I, I'm good. I, I've, I've, I've dealt with this in my life. I've been to counseling, you know. It's like, ah, I'm good. So I, I get to the hospital, and like the very, he's, he's in treatment, and he comes up. He has cancer. He's like, he's not, not many weeks to live. They said two maybe, you know, could be longer. Not much, though. So I'm, I'm there, and, and he's like, uh, when he walks back in the room, he looks at me. He goes, are you Jason? And I'm like, What? Am I Jason? You bet I'm Jason. Let me show you I'm Jason. I'm like, I want to show you pictures of, look at these kids. Look at these four beautiful kids. They're amazing. Let me tell you how smart and awesome they are. You had nothing to do with that. Let me show you this beautiful wife that I've been married to. Look at this. Look, look at, I'm going to show you Jason. I got your Jason right here. And I'm like, I'm going to tell this turkey off. Hey, you Jason. 
like so mad. I'm so mad. And I look at him, and I'm about to tell him off. And like God's like, hey, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It's just like a whisper, like, no, 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 no. Stop. It's like an inner stop, like, like, stop. Don't run this light. Don't go there. Don't go there. This is my son. This is my son. So I stop. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to need your help to face this. Because even though I thought I was good, I ain't good. Like as soon as I saw him, it ain't good anymore. It ain't good. This isn't good. This is not good. This is not good at all. I thought I was good. This ain't good. And so I just loved him. And I told him, like, hey, I don't, you don't owe me anything. You know, I don't hold anything against you. Yeah, that's right, because it's your mom's fault. I'm like, hold on a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. My mom was there. You weren't there. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I don't need you to do this. If you feel like you need to do that to justify yourself, I don't need that, man. I don't need that. Cut that out. I'm going to love you, but I'm not going to let you do that. That's not right. So I get to connect with him. I connect with my brother, and we talk about some things. And then fast forward a couple months. We survived a couple months, and my brother calls me again. Like, hey, I'm going to go see him. He's in hospice. They say it's just a couple days now, maybe hours. You know, and so I'm dealing with all this stuff, and my mother-in-law passes away of cancer the same week, y'all, like the same week. And I'm like totally a wreck. And I'm like, I got to go back and say goodbye to him. I just feel like, hey, I need to go and face this and say goodbye and like close the chapter. Like this needs to be closed. I need to transition out of that chapter into this chapter. I didn't even know I was still in that chapter. I thought I was like 20 chapters down. This is a really long chapter, God, 28 years. Come on, that's too long. And so I go and I see him and he's totally on all kinds of medicine because he's in, he's in pain. And he's out of it. And like while I'm sitting there with him, I'm like, God, I don't know what it is. I just want my dad to say, I love you. I don't know why. I don't even, I'm like looking at this person. I, I wouldn't, if, if I would have saw him on the street, I would not have recognized him. I wouldn't have been like, hey, dad, I haven't seen you for 28 years. I'm like, are you sure this is my dad? He said, am I Jason? I don't even know if that's really him. And I'm sitting there with him. I'm like, God, I just want him to say, I'm proud of you. I want him to say, I love you. I said, but that's, that's over now. He can't. He's medicined up, drugged up. He's just trying to go on. I found out he gave his life to Jesus and I'm like, God, I start crying. I, I want him to say, I want my dad to say, I love you, son. I want him to say, I'm proud of you, son. And I go, but I don't get that. And, he, and, and as clear as I've ever heard the God's still small voice say to me, I'm proud of you, son. I love you, son. And I'm like, God, that's enough. I start bawling. I'm sitting in the room by myself. And then it's time for me to go. So I touch him on the arm and I say goodbye. And I say, Dad, I love you. You can go to heaven knowing you owe me nothing. I hold nothing against you. It's all good. And he wakes up. And he looks at me. And he says, I love you too, son. That's about 20 minutes from my house and I cried like ugly, crying down the road, driving down Interstate 70, like just crying like a baby. Such a powerful moment. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't just jump in there and I, I got to face this thing. I got to face it. So many of you here, there's someone you need to forgive. You need to let 
go of something. You need to let, you need to let that grudge, you need to let that, 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 that thing you're holding free. Some of you are facing an addiction. Young people, hear me, hear me, hear me. The story that you need to hear is this, is that Joshua and Caleb were no longer able to slay their giants when they're young. They had to wait till they're old. Don't wait till you're old, young people, to slay your giants, to face your giants. Slay them now. Because here's what you think might happen. Well, I'll get older, it, they'll go away. No, they multiply. They get bigger. They get stronger. They, they build strongholds in your life. So slay your giants when you're young. Older people, you say, well, it's too late for me. It wasn't too late for Caleb. He's like, let's, I'm going to take my walker up on this mountain and slay those giants. Like, he's like, no, it ain't, nothing's going to stop me. I'm ready to go take them right now. He had to be 80 years old, y'all, when he went up there and slayed those giants. He could have just said, well, you know, they've been in my life all this time. I'm just going to let them stay in my life. It's okay. I'll build a room and they can just live on the back of the house. No, he said, I got to get these guys out of my life. I got to get this out of my life. I got to face it. I got to have courage to face this thing head on. Maybe for some of you, it's just, this is a past hurt. Maybe it's a broken relationship you need to make right. Maybe for some of you, it's like, hey, no, no, you're not even at that. It's like taking your next step and being involved at Rise because we're taking a transition as a church. Like, we're going from two services to three services. Why? Because we believe this is the land that God has called us to occupy. And we need to make room. And so for some of you, it might be like, hey, I need to get in next steps, which starts next weekend. I need to get involved. I need to figure out how I get on this team. For some of you, it's my, I need to take a step up with leading. For some of you, it's you got to leave some things in the past. And here's what I know about what I see God doing here at Rise, and I see God do this in everyone's life who will surrender to him, is he starts to write a story that only he could write. Say that to pa Pastor Aaron and I say that to each other all the time. Like, what is going on here? Like, God is writing a story only he could write. Only he could come up with this. Only he could make this work out. So I encourage you today, face that thing. I encourage you, face that thing that's facing you. God's called you to it.